Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. I see some familiar faces, but there's a lot of new faces in here. And it's glad to see all of you. Amen. I thank Pastor Noe and Pastor Becky for having us. Pastor Jim and Pastor Sharon, you believed and gave us a chance. I'm not going to say how long ago, but it was a long time ago. Thank you for that and for the leadership of this church. Don said something to me in the foyer today. That he said they're singing an old hymn song for you. Listen to that. I want to thank the worship team for that last song. I want to thank you personally. I don't know if Noe told you or somebody told you, but that's my favorite song. And I praise God for that. Amen? And I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad to be with you today. That last well that you saw up there, you paid for that well. You ought to give yourself a hand clap just for that. I know that Noe has drilled with me. Don has drilled with me. It can be frustrated in drilling water wells. But I can honestly say that well right there, out of all the wells I've drilled, I've never seen water like that. Never have I seen water come out of the ground like that. I ran it for hours and hours and hours thinking it would play out. It didn't play out. It kept coming. And then people started bringing their buckets and people started coming and getting the water. Water is life. And the gospel is life. Come on. This word is life that we read in the word of God. It brings life. I've, I've worked in Africa now over 30 years and I can say to you, this place that we went to, I, I was telling some people about it, it's, it's bush. It's, listen, there's nothing there except people, people without the gospel, three unreached people groups. That means that there's not anybody amongst them trying to reach them for the gospel. But now there are missionaries, national missionaries, that Tory and different people who have sent there, and you have a part of that, by the way, you help support 29 unreached people groups through missions because you support me and Sarah. There are 29 nationals on the field this day, right now as I'm talking to you, amongst unreached people groups, reaching them for the gospel. And you have a part of that, a big part of that, when you support us. And down there, there was these three groups that we were working not Muslim groups, just amethyst, unreached people group. They believe in a lady that lives on the mountain. There's, that's their God. And as we were down there, we began to realize the need of the gospel. And Sarah said the call today. Some of you, listen to me, you're called. You're called to go, not just here in America. Come on, you're called to give your life to missions. And I'm going to encourage you today. Jim Hardaway believed in me when I had no education, no background. Come on, I never did it before. I didn't have the Bible training, but he believed in me and he gave opportunity for what God has called in my heart, in my life for me and Sarah to do. He believed in us. Was it all perfect? No, I'm sure he went to bed many times with headaches. Many times. I remember one time they had a brand new van at church. 
And I got back to church after taking all the kids home and it was so hot. I thought, I'll leave the windows down so when I come get it this afternoon, it won't be so hot. But what I didn't know is that the dust filled the van, all the dust. And Brother Jim cleaned it and shut the windows. But you forgot that, huh? I didn't forget that. That was the first time he ever spoke to me sternly. <laughs> Brand new van. I don't know how much it cost, but it was a lot of money. It was full of dust. He cleaned it, and then he waited till Monday till he was calm, <laughs> and then he talked to me. We believe in you people if you're called. Listen, we encourage you if you're called. That's the Holy Spirit. When I was in Africa this time, I was talking to a Muslim man. And he was talking to me about that man you saw in the picture there at the water well. That's an unreached people group outside of Kigoma. The Baptist doctors have planted a mission there, and we drilled a well. And he was talking to me, and he said, you know, we older men, we older Muslims, we always talk about what has been and what has happened and what took place. And he said, the younger Muslim men, they always talk about what could be and what could happen and so forth. And I was sitting there thinking about what I was going to say to him. And I said, I want to talk to you about the now. I don't want to talk to you about the past. I don't want to talk to you about the future. I want to talk to you about now. And the Word of God says, now, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. And I remember as he came every day that I was drilling there, I would have to get somebody to interpret and I would talk to him. And I would talk to him about my life and I would talk to him where I came from. And he couldn't get over the fact that we were drilling there and wasn't charging anybody to drill there to get water and that everybody could come and get water. He was astounded by that. And in the Islamic faith, you're not allowed to go into a church building. If you're a true Muslim, you do not go into a church building. And I remember every day that we were, they were drilling there, there was five young men that would come into the church building and eat with us at lunch every day. And one day I said, I thought that you weren't supposed to be in church if you was a Muslim. Oh, we're the young generation. <laughs> true story there. Today I want to talk to you about the now. I want to talk to you about now, today, what's happening in your life this very moment. Amen? It says this. It says over and over again that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Do you believe that? Say amen. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We, we believe that, right? We believe that God is all-knowing. Amen? Say he's all-knowing. We believe that he's all-powerful. Say powerful. We believe that he died for the sins of the world. Amen? We believe that, right? You believe that, right? Come on, if you believe that, say amen. amen. Okay, but do we believe Philippians 2.13? Hey, this, I'm not used to all this gadget stuff, okay, but I'm going to work with it, okay? <laughs> Philippians 2.13, it says, if you have your word, little ones that are writing, this is a good scripture that you stayed in church today. Write this down. In Philippians 2.13, it says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do you believe that? Come on. Do you believe that God works in you? Come on. Say, God works in me. Say, God works in me. What for? Both to will and do good for his pleasure. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't like preaching, okay? But Don Pierce, Pastor Zachariah changed me this year. 
he came to me. He said, I'm glad you're drilling wells. I'm glad that you're building churches. I'm glad that you do kids for Jesus. I'm glad that you pray with missionaries and you help them. But I encourage you to allow the word of God on the inside of you to come out. And so today, I'm going to encourage you in the now. The now is that God is working in you. Come on. He's working in you good. Come on. He's working for his pleasure. Amen. Young people, listen to me. Children, listen to me. God's working in you right now. Samuel came this morning and sat with me in the back, and he prayed for me. God is working, Samuel, in us. Amen. God is working in us. God is working in you. Amen. Now, now, I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about if you're in this room right now, God is working in you. Amen. For his good pleasure. How about Hebrews 13, 20, and 21? Hebrews 13, it says this. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you... With every good, you see that? Every good that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Amen? Did you get that? That the God of peace, the great shepherd, by the blood of the eternal covenant, eternal covenant, through Jesus Christ, we have that covenant for eternal. Come on. From the day that you prayed to ask Christ into your life to forgive you of your sins and you confessed him as the son of God, he began to work on the inside of you for his will and his pleasure. And if you're called to do something and you're not doing it, guess what? There's turmoil on the inside of your life. There's no peace, but the God of peace is inside of you. Come on. It just needs to get to the outside. The God of peace is working in you for his good pleasure. And it's for eternal. It's not just this lifetime. It's from now on. And he's at work at you right now as I'm talking to you. To do his will. Young people, listen to me. To do his will. You see the young man, he is now in his residence to become a doctor. An at-risk young man who couldn't go to school. Because somebody here in America believed and gave. He has the opportunity now. But did you hear his testimony, the first young man? He said, I know Jesus Christ. Come on. The first thing he thanked you for is, I know Jesus Christ. And wanted to make you a video to thank you. God working in him. Come on. For God's good pleasure. I think of the young man that's being a doctor when he got hired. and got, He said, I no longer need your support. I no longer need your support. God has provided for me. God is working in me for his good pleasure. Amen? God is working in you here today as you're listening to me. But do we believe 1 Timothy 2.4? 1 Timothy 2.4, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Do we believe that? I mean, do we really believe that? Then why aren't we doing something about it? There's people around us. There's people in America who's heard the gospel hundreds, thousands of times. They got more Bibles in their house than most Africans. Come on. They hear it on TV, radio, everywhere they go. Do you believe 
that it's God's will? Do you believe that? We say yes. Then faith without works is dead. The gospel. Oh, you, you, you hear me today. You believe he's the son of God. You believe that he died for you. You believe that God's all-powerful. But do we believe that God wants everybody to hear the gospel? Go ye into all the world, teaching, preaching, and making disciples in my name. So now I'm going to bring it home. Amen? I'm watching that clock back there very carefully. You know what we don't believe? We don't believe that God can change our situation this morning. There's some of us that it seems like just hopelessness. There's, God's never going to change my children. He's never going to change my marriage. He's never going to change my health. He's never going to change these things. There's a hopelessness that you say, oh, God's all-powerful. Jesus died for all the sins of the world. But there's a, can we believe that God wants to change your situation today? Some of you say, well, it's been too long. It's been too long. It, you don't know how long this has been going on, Mr. Reed. You don't, you, don't, you know, it's been going on for years and years and years. You're talking today when you come before Jesus Christ, the creator of the world who holds time in his hand that knows when one sparrow falls to the ground and how many hairs are on your head. And you're saying to him, it's been too far. No, I'm talking about the now. The now today. Children, write that down. Now that God is a God of now. I said God is a God of now. Not praying someday I hope it happens. Come on. I remember when it did happen. Come on. This week I was in the truck with Sarah and I got a phone call from a man that reminded me of something. He was talking about a revival that we were part of years and years and years ago. And Sarah was listening on the phone and I finally said to this man, I said, forget about that. Those days are gone. What about now? What are you doing now? Where are you serving now? Where are you living for God now? And he said, that's why I'm calling you. I just got back in church. We're just now back serving God. Well, forget what happened down there and start where you are now and do what God's called you to do. And so some of you may be hopeless. Some of you may say it's been too long. But now, today God says, now is the day. Now is the time. Come on, get yourself. God's working in you. Come on, the word I'm speaking to you. God is working in you for his will and his pleasure. Or maybe some, somebody might be saying, well, I've tried time and time again. I've tried and tried. Quit trying. Quit trying. Just come before God and say, God, I can do it. But I confess to you, God, I need your help. And now is the time that I need your help. How about let's go to a story so we can back up everything I'm saying. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. And when he came down from the mountains, a great crowd followed him. Amen? And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Let's put some background behind this, okay? Because I know the preacher, Noe and, and Jim and others, Pat, that y'all preach in here. Let's put, some, let's put some meat behind this. Leviticus 13.45. This is what a leper had to do. This leprous person who was diseased, he shall wear torn clothes and let his hair on his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Everywhere this leper was, he had rules. Come on. He had to go by those rules. 
when he was out, he had to be covered. Come on, his hair, everything he did. He had to raise his hand and let everybody know, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, and walk around. How would you like to do it? It seemed like a hopeless situation in those days. There's a leper colony in Kigoma. It's not very big, but Judy and Sarah go down to the victory camp. There's people there that have leprosy and tuberculosis and different things. We call it the victory camp. Amen? And this leper, he was hopeless. Come on. These conditions had been a long time. Come on. He, he finally came to a place where he no longer allowed his conditions to control him. Write that down, young people. I'm not going to allow the conditions, come on, to control me. Come on. Jesus is working on the inside of me for his pleasure. Come on. God is working on me, Ken Joachim, for his pleasure. Come on. His healing power is working on where? The inside of me. Come on. Good things. Come on. It says good things. Hopelessness, leave in the name of Jesus. It's been too long. Leave in the name of Jesus. I've tried too many times. Leave in the name of Jesus. Today's a new day. The glory of God is here today. And the will of God is here today. And so the leper would say that. But when you read in Matthew 8, 3, Matthew 8, 3, you're doing good back there. Come on, Matthew 8, 3, amen? It says, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will, thou be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleaned. He came to Jesus. The title of my message today, Is Jesus Willing? Write that down, young people. Is Jesus willing? Jesus is willing, come on. He's willing in those hopeless situations. Come on. He's willing in those times. There was a young man down where we were drilling. This little reach people, missionary group, and he was telling me a story. And he was talking about when he came there, they did all the research of the unreached people groups in that area. And then they went there. And when they went there, he said, oh, Lord, not this place, Lord. And the Lord said, no, this is where I want you to come. This is the place I've called you to. And when he moved down there, so happens it was hard the first year. And then the second year, he lost his seven-year-old son to rabies, got bit by a dog. And most people would have quit. Most people would have gone home. Most people would have called it over. And I was talking to him, and I said, well, what happened? He said, I'll show you where his son was. But he's not there anymore. He's in heaven with Jesus. And I looked at him, and I thought about I didn't know his story, and I was just listening to his story, how that this place is a hard place. And I was telling him, man, it's really tough here. He said, I thought it was that way everywhere. He said, I thought it was tough in the ministry everywhere. What are you talking about just here? If you're called, come on, he doesn't promise you glory and tulips every day long. Come on. He doesn't promise you, come on, a rose garden that you can walk in and everything be joyous in every single day of your life. He said, yes, I have trouble. Come on, there's times, but I know God is working on the inside of me. He's working for his good pleasure. God is working on the inside of you for his good pleasure. And so this leper came, and notice how he came. He humbled himself. Come on, he kneeled down. Number one, young people, he didn't allow his conditions to control him any longer. Number two, he humbled himself and he knelt down. Amen? He knelt down and he said, Jesus, if you will, if you will, Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't hollering, unclean, unclean, unclean. Come on. He was saying, Jesus, I know you're all powerful. 
I know you're the son of God. Come on. I know you can heal me. And Jesus said, had compassion on him and said, I will, thou be clean. And immediately he was clean. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, now. Now he was cleansed. That point, he was cleansed. And it's the same way today if you're here and you don't know Jesus. There's nothing you can do. You can't pay your way to heaven. Come on. You can't work your way to heaven. It's by grace you are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. That is how you're saved. There's no other way but through Jesus Christ. And if you come to Jesus and say, Lord, is it your will that I'll be saved? I've already read you the scripture. It says it is his will. Not just to save you. Come on. Not just to be a believer, but to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That means to follow him. Amen? And so he humbled himself. That's the second point. I'm doing it, Noe. I'm going to get it down one of these days. And he stretched forth it. <clears throat> Let's look at Mark chapter 5. I, some of these scriptures I didn't give you. Mark chapter 5, 25 and 26. Y'all know the lady with the issue of blood. You can write down that, young people. Mark 5, 25 and 26. There was a woman... She had a discharge of blood for 12 years who had suffered many things of physicians and had spent all the money she had but was no better but grew worse. She'd done been to all doctors. She'd done spent all her money. She wasn't even supposed to be out in public. She should have been one of those saying unclean, unclean. But she said within herself, if I can just come behind him and just touch him, I'll be made whole. And you keep reading there, and Jesus said, Lady, your faith has made you whole. Those that come to Christ, come on, must believe that he is the Son of God. Come on. you got to have faith. Come on. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. She came and she touched him. Her conditions did not keep her from coming to Jesus. How about Jairus? There's another one. Mark 5, 22 and 23, young people. I didn't give this one to them either. Mark 5, 22 and 23, our position in society. It says, then there came a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, seeing him, fell at his feet, implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be well and live. His position, come on, in the synagogue. I don't care how long you've been in church. I was a youth pastor under Jim Hardaway and I gave my life to the Lord of God and he hired me. Think about it. Think about it. God working on the inside of me. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit and I remember sitting in his office and he talking to me. But I know that day was the now day. I knew that was the time. Jairus didn't allow his position. Come on. He came and said, my daughter is at the point of death. He humbled himself and came and asked Jesus, come on. He didn't care about those synagogue robes. He didn't care about what was going on in the synagogue at that time. He said, today, I'm coming to the one that can heal. And he came. Some of you are like this. Some of you looking at me pretty well. So he humbled himself. James 4, 6, that's another one, young people, if you're writing down. But he gives grace but he said he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. And guess what? It's not God doing the humbling. 
Come on. It's not God doing the hump. Come on. Humble yourselves under the Almighty God in His hand. The third thing, the third point, He spoke or He asked. He asked if it be your will. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. I mean, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. Amen. And to one who knocks, it's opened. Amen. Ask. Open your mouth and ask. No, he said today, he said you can come up. Pastor Noe, I'm sorry. Pastor Noe said today, I remember when I asked Noe to travel with me the first time we were gone for about six weeks one summer. We went to Bluefield, West Virginia, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Mexico. He was the guitar player, and I was supposed to be the speaker. And I remember I got to New Orleans, and I had to come home because there was a death, and I left him in New Orleans. And I remember, I remember that morning I left him. He was looking at me. He made it, though. Praise God. He was young, but he made it. Now he's Pastor Noy. The thing about it is, there are generations in here today that God has been working in your family all this time to now. To now. And so, Jairus comes, he humbles himself, and Jesus goes with him. You're here today, and you've been saying, all along, well, what is God's will? God's will is that you to know that, first of all, he sent his son to die for you in your sins. The second of all, he wants you to know from that moment on that he began to work inside of you for his good pleasure. Amen? Amen? Don't allow your conditions. Come on. Your position. And the third thing is you got to ask. And so Pastor Noe said today, when he came up and in the worship, just come up here for whatever you want to do, wherever you're at however you want to shout it out, say it out, whatever it is that God is speaking to you about. If it's your daughter, Jairus came and asked. If you're sick, the woman came and touched. Come on. If you're the leper with an incurable decision, come on. He came. He said, Jesus. He opened his mouth. Some of us are even intimidated by that. Ask and you shall receive. Knock, come on, seek and knock. And today, now is the time. Amen? Who are we asking? This is the last point, Noe. Who are we asking? Got four minutes left. Come on, who are we asking? Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Who, this is who we're asking. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. According to the power that works where? In us. Say in us. Say in us. Where's the power? In us. It's working in us. Amen. To him be the glory in the church. That's here today, by the way. Come on. In Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. Who who are we asking? Who, who are we talking to when we ask? The one who's able to do far more abundantly than what we can think or ask. Come on, far more than what you can think or ask. That's who's working. According to the power that's in us, the Spirit of God on the inside of us.
Amen? For generations and generations. Ephesians 3.16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened today, people, with power through the Spirit in your inner being. Ephesians 3.16. That's the same point, Noe. Those two go together. The little girl said, I can't put it all together. I got to do it this way. I'm being stretched. Some of y'all don't know me, but I'm being stretched. So today, may you be encouraged to know this. If you come to God, you humble yourself. No matter what position you're in. Leadership, it don't matter. You come to him, and if you open your mouth and ask, come on. He's a God of now. Come on. Quit talking about the past revival and the past move of God and the past churches. Come on. And the past things. Don't talk about, well, in the future there's going to be. No, it's now. Today is the time. Amen? What is it in your life that God is working on? I don't know anything about it. This leper man, everybody knew his condition. Come on. They knew. They knew because he had to cry out, unclean, unclean. But in the church, come on. There are things we don't know anything about. We're good at hiding them. Come on. We're good at masking them. Come on. Even to our wives, they ask us, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. And she says, no, I know something's wrong. What's going on? They know us better than ourselves. Come on. Men, you got to be honest with me. Sometimes Sarah say, what's going on with you? Oh, no, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're not fine. And we come to church and we say, oh, everything's great. No, it's not great. Some of us are struggling. Some of us need one another encouragement to help us to make it through what God has called us. Amen? And now is the time. Today is the time. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how many years, how many times you tried. Today is the day. Will you stand up with me, please? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and I've been screaming and yelling at you, I want you to know that God loves you, that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, for you to die on the cross, that he made an eternal covenant for you. And if there's something happening on the inside of you right now and you're trying to think, that's the Spirit of God working on you because God wants his good pleasure done in your life. God wants his work to begin in your life. Amen? I mean, God is speaking to you. And if you're here today, and maybe you've been praying for your children or your marriage or your job, the conditions in your life, I'm here to tell you that God can change those conditions. You believe he's the son of God, amen? You believe that he's all-powerful? Come on, you believe that? Why not just say, God, I believe that in my circumstances and in my condition that you're the God. You're the God at work you know the scripture Matthew says even to him which has little that will be taken from him what that is all about is this if we think we have a little bit we can get by come on even that will be taken if you really want to serve God come on even that because it's not you it's nothing you can do it's all by the blood of Jesus but then I'm going to talk to you here today I'm one minute over come on 
those of you that are here today in the spirit of God saying oh man I know I need to do something about this and today I've heard the word of the Lord and I'm not going to let my position or who I am in society I'm going to come and I'm going to let God work in my life I don't care how long it's been how many times you try amen and then there's some of you today that just said I've never really asked I've just really not asked God today I'm going to ask God. I'm going to altar up. There's, there's workers here. No, he says there's, there's altar workers. And the, finally, the last call that my wife gave, the first time I've extended an invitation to somebody to go and travel with us was today. I've been hesitant. But today, a person talked to me and I said, well, just come and we'll see what God does. That's all I can say. Just come We'll see what God says. It was a young person. I said, just come. That's all I can say is you can just come. That leper came to Jesus. He said, Lord, if it's your will. He didn't know. Come on. He didn't know. He said, if it be your will. He did not know. But he came. Maybe that's you today. He said, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. Above everything else, I surrender everything in my life. I'm going to give you a chance to come right now. Amen. If that's you, as he's playing, just come. Step out where you are and just come on up here to the front. Allow your position to stop you. His will be done. don't know Jesus Christ, this is a good time right now. Now is the day of salvation to come. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I'm, I'm ready to do the will of God. I'm not holding back any longer. Today, now is the time to make that commitment and ask God and allow God to work in your life. Amen? Lord, I thank you for your spirit at work in us, for your good pleasure. All of us. For your will to be done, God. And Lord, I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand right now just with the leper and speak to these people and say I'm willing I'm willing I am willing I know you're willing God and I ask you to stretch forth your hand stretch forth your hand in this place right now God how about you young people how about you young people you you ready to say, I, I, I don't know what God has for me next, but I'm, I'm ready to surrender. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, that first step is just taking a step out from where you are and saying, God, I surrender. Come on. I surrender where I'm at. Come on. You start where you are now. I use that illustration of myself. No education, no biblical training. I just heard the voice of God, and I stepped out. Just step out where you are and say, I'm ready. What do you have for me, God? That's the next step you have right now is that total surrender. Amen? Anybody else want to respond? There's people that will pray with you here. Okay, Mr. Pat, you can sing us a song.
Not too late. Now's the time. The three stories I read you, they came to Jesus. Come on. They sought him out. They didn't allow their conditions to keep not too late. Come on. I know I'm a bad pastor. No, it's not too late. I, I sense God's working on some of you about just being committed. Come on. To get up and just do something. Come on. Take that first step and just say, hey. I'm ready. tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes clean and my faith is under your presence Lord and Holy Spirit you are welcome flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence Lord We're the problem. We're the catalyst that, that, that causes God to intervene. And when we look at all these stories in the Bible, there was sometimes Jesus passed by and people just so happened were there. But there were other times that he was pursued out and people pursued after him. And there, it's always a personal faith issue. You know, and I believe God can and will and can do whatever he wants. And I think most of the times why we don't see the results that we want is because we are limiting our understanding of who God really is. And when our faith is an issue, we say, Lord, help my unbelief, help my lack of faith to trust in who you said you are. In willful, humble surrender.
How many of you are dealing with the feeling of what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if I ask God and I pray to God and I surrender something to him? And you're in your spirit, you're fighting with that. What if he doesn't come through? Anybody in the room? Got, got a hand, few. Because that's a doubt issue. That's not a faith issue, right? You know, it's, it's saying, I do not trust. And there's risk. You know, I'm one of those guys, I'm going to swing for the fence every single time. You know, if you don't ask, you got a zero chance. Zero chance. The leper approached and said, if you're willing, question mark. But at least there was an active pursuit. There was some reckless abandonment. There was some willfulness of pursuing Jesus. But it will require some type of action from you. Not saying the Holy Spirit can't come to you, but it often takes a faith move on our end. Pastor, what does that look like? <laughs> Looks like getting out of your seat, coming forward, and pursuing the power of God. Remember the passage Don opened with that all should receive salvation. You know what salvation is supposed to look like? Completion, wholeness, freedom to be all that you've been called to be. So, Lord, I pray that you would just help us in our unbelief, our lack of faith in this place. Father, I pray that you would show us the steps we need to take. You show us what we need to do in response. Father, there is a fear, there is a, a, a lack of trust in you, God, that you would cause us to trust you. Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would have your way in this place. Father, I pray that you would move our hearts for those things that move you. as we pursue you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. This week, starting tomorrow, we'll start our fasting week. If you have never joined us, I want to challenge you to come. Well, Pastor, I got a lot of stuff. Well, we have prayer Monday through Saturday. Now, I know we make time for a lot of things. Now, I feel like, and this is, if this hurts your feelings, I'm sorry, but if Monday through Saturday, if you don't have one day that you can commit to prayer, then you need to pray about cutting some things out of your life. Because I'll tell you what, a church that does not pray ceases to exist. A person that does not pray will have all kinds of obstacles in their life that they are forced to deal with because of a lack of prayer life. But I believe that in the life of this church, God is going to radically do something in the next three to six months. And if we do not birth all of these, or if we don't bathe all of these things in prayer, you realize we'll operate on our own. And I don't want that. We want to collaborate and partner with what God wants to do in the life of the church. And it's prayer that is the catalyst to do that. So I want you to, before you leave, look at your husband, look at your wife, Look at your schedule and commit to pray with us. Monday through Saturday, 
every day this week. And then next Sunday, we're going to show up, and I believe God is going to rock this place by, the, by his power and by his presence. But I'll tell you what, when you come and you pray and we seek God's face, you know what happens? We change. We change. It doesn't change God, but it changes us. Can I get some commitments, little, little, little slight hand? Because I don't want you lying to me. I'm coming, Pastor. Oh, I saw your hand. Take a quick picture. Take a picture of this plan. But if you can't come, please pray with us, fast with us, and we're going to believe God to do some awesome things. I'm going to put out a few prayer directives this week as far as some directions. Um, I love you. When we came back, I was so excited to be back. I mean, it's like, Pastor, it's only two weeks, but I'll tell you what. Pastors are built differently. Not that you guys lost your salvation in two weeks, but the concern, the covering, the nurturing, the growing, the kicking in the pants, whatever it takes to to cause you guys to be all that God has called you to be. Becky and I counted a privilege to be a part of that. I thought about you guys a lot, but then I tried to not think about you. But I tell you what, what is being created and cultivated here God wants more people to be a part of that. I've heard the stories of where people show up and they say, why did somebody not tell me about this church stuff sooner? Tell somebody, invite somebody. Welcome as many as possible into the family of God because salvation is the most important thing. We can have a lot of fun stuff, we can have a great time, but without salvation, all is lost. Let me bless you, and we'll get out of here, all right? Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for Don and Sarah and all their ministry, God, that you've uh, allowed them to be a part of. Father, I thank you that we are a church that gets to invest in the nations of the world. But, Father, I pray that each of us would do our part, that we would respond individually, corporately, and globally to all of the things that you've placed in our heart. Father God, I thank you that the things that are important to you should be important to the church. And Father, I pray that you would show us what those things are. Lord, I thank you for a spirit of unity. Lord, I thank you for a church that your spirit is free to move in. And Father, even this week as we seek your face and pray and fast, God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. Father, that we would remember these fasting moments as they mark our lives. Bless each family. Bless each individual under the sound of my voice as they go from this place. Father, go before them. Girt them in from behind. And Father, I pray for destinies to be fulfilled in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Love you guys and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.